Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. We're going to read from Luke chapter 19 to begin with. And uh, it's a cool story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's a Sunday school classic. How many of you, were, how many of you went to Sunday school when you were a little kid? Okay, you're going to love this. It's a Sunday school classic. I believe that this story is a Sunday school classic for one reason and one reason only. It works great on a flannel graph. This story goes great on a flannel graph, right? Because uh, it's got a bit in the middle where a guy climbs a tree, and that just looks hilarious on a flannel graph. When you take the little flannel, if you don't know what a flannel graph is, you'll need to YouTube it. Uh, but if you take the little Zacchaeus uh, on the flannel graph and then put him in the tree, all the kids will laugh. Uh, which is obviously the goal of Sunday school is that the kids have a good time. Uh, and uh, so we're going to read this story. And I, you know, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to open your heart because I really believe there's a challenge in this story uh, that we need to grab, especially as adults. You know, I'm aware of the fact that I'm not in the children's program, but I'm still doing a great Sunday school story, right? Uh, because there's something we need to grab and apply to our life right now today uh, that allows us to connect with Jesus because it's actually about connecting with Jesus that matters, right? Uh, how many of you know that we're here to change the world? Right? But we're not going to do that without Jesus. <laughs> uh, right? It's our connection with Jesus that I want us to focus on this morning as we read the story. Amen? Amen. Uh, let me read it to you. If you've got your Bible, open it up. It's, it's G, uh, Luke chapter 19. I almost said Genesis, which would put you wrong, right? But Luke chapter 19, uh, and it says this. Have you got it? Verse 1. I think it's on the screen too, but it says this. It says, Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town, right? Uh, Other translations say Jesus walked through Jericho. He arrived at the gate, and then he just walked through Jericho, made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax-collecting business. And he had become very, very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so that he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down from the tree, for I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his home in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. Everyone say, the crowds are always displeased. Right? Everyone say, the crowds are always displeased. Now, I know that I've got a microphone, but there's like hundreds of you, and I I was still loudest, right? So let's do it again. The crowds are always displeased displeased. So we need to learn not to worry about the crowd, right? Because the crowd are always displeased. The crowd are going to stop us from seeing Jesus in the first place, and the crowd are going to displeased when we actually see Jesus, right? So maybe, I don't we're all grown-ups here, but it's worth saying, maybe we need to stop trying to please the crowd, right? Oh, you're like, oh, I'm not 13, Pastor Jordan, I'm not struggling with peer pressure. Do you know one of the things I've found out being 41 it's roughly the same as being 13, right? We still worry way, way too much about what everybody else thinks. Amen. Everybody say, the crowds are always displeased. Okay, the crowd was displeased. 
He has gone, as Jesus has gone, Jesus, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. So the crowd's grumbling. And meanwhile, back at Zacchaeus' house, I imagine between lunch and the coffee, Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I, I like this, if I have overcharged people, <laughs> it's like I've got a friend, I have a friend who has an issue. Jesus, I just want you to help with my friend has an issue. Uh, you know, have you ever done those, repent, those repenting times? Like, oh God, if I've done anything wrong. Do you know what you should do is just identify the thing you've done wrong? Because uh, <laughs> Jesus knows what it is. Uh, <laughs> if I've done anything wrong, if I've overcharged people on their taxes, I'll give back to them four times as much. And Jesus responded, a great response. Jesus says, the salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham, a son of promise, a son of faith, a son in the order of God, a son of the story of salvation. He's the son of Abraham, and I, the son of man, have come to seek and save that which is lost. I just want to pull out another verse from the book of Acts, just a little, just a little bit. And this is, it will seem unrelated, but I'm just going to read it. Uh, Paul is preaching in Athens to a bunch of people who are a long way from God, a long way from God in their thinking. They've got, they're really strong Athenian, they're philosophers, they're thinkers, they're intelligent people. And Paul's sort of speaking, to, sort of preaching, sort of debating with them. And he says this, he, that's Jesus, the unknown God, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Are you glad that we worship that God? The actual one. He's the God who made the world and everything in it. And since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve His needs, for He's got no needs. He Himself gives life and breath to everything, and He satisfies every need there is. This is one I like. From one man, God created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand which nations should rise and which nations should fall, and He determined the boundaries of their habitation. His purpose, God's purpose in all of this is that nations should seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards Him. Do you know God's purpose for your life is that you'd seek after God? Maybe you'd feel your way towards Him through the confusion, through the crowd, that you'd find your way to see Jesus. And that's God's prayer. That's what God's desire is for New Zealand, that we would find Jesus, that we'd seek Him, that we'd get through the muck of life and we'd see the reality of Jesus, of His goodness, of His mercy, of His grace to us, of His power, His presence, His perfection at work. Amen? even though he's not very far from each one of us. He's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and we move and we exist. We are his offspring. In him we live, we move, and we exist. Amen? Let's pray before I get stuck into the points. And here we go. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your awesome presence. Lord God, we thank you just like you walked into Jericho on the day of this story. You walked into this room 
today. You walk into our lives, Lord God. You walk into our space. You walk into our world. You invade our space, Jesus, and we welcome you into our hearts. So I pray for everybody in the room today, for all of us, Lord God, that we'd leave this morning in a half hour's time. We'd finish up knowing you better, knowing you nearer in our hearts, uh, and experiencing the salvation that Zacchaeus experienced in this story. We pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. Do you know the reality is this? Jesus is more accessible to you than you think. He is. Jesus is more on your level than you think. We know that Jesus is high and lifted up, right? We know that, don't we? We know that he has a name which is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. But the reality is some of us, most of us, I know for myself, spend most of our life actually living distant from Jesus. We know that he surrounds us, don't we? We know that he's always near to us. He's, the Bible says that he's near to the brokenhearted. His ear is attentive to their cry. He's near to the brokenhearted. His ear is attentive to our cry. But I don't know about you. I don't always feel that near to Jesus. I always, how many of you know we love Jesus if we're Christians? You know, as a pastor, I worship Jesus. I praise Jesus. And I, I've sur- surrendered my life to serving Jesus. But do you know what? The reality is sometimes I can't see him past the crowd. Sometimes I can't see him in all the mess of my life. Sometimes I can't see Jesus in all the challenges that I face. Sometimes I can't see Jesus beyond my own emotional turmoil. And the reality is this, we've got to get past the crowd and understand that Jesus just wants to walk into our world. He just wants to walk into I love the fact that Jesus walked everywhere. I love, when I was a youth pastor in Auckland, we had these kids, yeah, they're sort of like... Uh, one particular kid, Stephen Pulitama, he was like a he was a piece of work, to be perfectly honest. And uh, he lived in Monaco City, right? And he had all the he was one of the he was you know he was like poster child for all the statistics. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we had to kick him out of youth because he was bringing he was selling a lot of drugs at youth on a Friday night. Um, and uh, we had to kick him out, you know, like proper kick him out. You can never come back, right? Uh, and uh, unless you have a conversation with Pastor Jordan and. Uh, and so he, after six weeks, he got the courage to have a conversation with me. We talked about it, and he ended up coming back to church. He's still serving Jesus now. He's got a beautiful family, married another girl from the youth group. They live in the Gold Coast. He's got a four, three little kids serving Jesus, going to church every Sunday. But I, I love Stephen Pulitama. He used to come to youth in the Mercury Theater right in the center of Auckland every day. And uh, he used to just set off at about 10 a.m. from home in Manukau. He didn't go to school or anything like that. He was supposed to, but... Uh, and then he would just walk up Great South Road. You know, it would take you or me a long time to walk there, right? But it takes even longer when you're like wearing Timberlands, but you haven't laced them up. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got to like shuffle those 14 kilo boots along, you know, especially size, size 13 Timberlands not laced up. No, that's an offensive weapon. If that guy was to do some clog dancing or someone, anybody could get killed, right? I love the fact that Jesus is just like Stephen Pulitzer. He just walks places. Sometimes you think Jesus is a helicopter. Jesus is going to come. He's going to come. A helicopter is going to fly into a situation, and ninjas are going to jump out of the helicopter and kick stuff in. You know what I mean? And, and uh, break bricks. Yeah, we want Jesus to come up and kick doors down. You know, but Jesus just walks past. He's right. He's actually just walking past. Jesus is not the queen. The queen rides around in a 40 million pound Bentley. Jesus just walks in sandals. 
you know, in the early church, they painted those, not the early church, in the Renaissance, they painted all those pictures of Jesus and the saints. And either because they couldn't do feet properly or because they were crazy, all the saints were always like up on tippy toes, up off, just slightly off the ground. But you know, Jesus wasn't just slightly off the ground. Why did Jesus wash all the disciples' feet? Because they all walked in their sandals on the dirt. Do you know what Jesus did? He walked in sandals in the dirt. Do you, know what you, do you know what your life's a lot like? Dirt. Do you know what Jesus wants to do? He just wants to walk into your life, into your space, into your reality. He's not driving past in a limo. He's not, he's not at his holiday home in Honolulu, right? Jesus is walking into your world. He's work, walking into your situation. If you're here and you don't even know Jesus, you want to tell you, whatever you've heard about Jesus, I want to tell you that Jesus was a normal person. Just, do you know what Jesus was? Jesus was a good guy. You read all the stories about Jesus, he's a good guy. He cared about little kids. He cared about old ladies. He cared about uh, this guy, this robber dude, this gangster dude. He cared about all these people that he bumped into in his ordinary everyday life. His mates were fishermen. He was a builder. He's a normal sort of dude. And we've got to relate to Jesus in the same way. He wants to step into our situations. You know what? If Jesus was just your friend and you were going through a time, do you know what Jesus would do? He'd come around your house and he would cook you food and you'd hang out and you would talk all night. Jesus didn't preach many sermons. He did mostly just talking to people. Teaching, he taught large crowds, but he also just talked to people. The people who were following him, he just talked to them. The best thing about following Jesus is that he talks to you. He steps into your world and he relates to you as a real person, as a real friend in the spaces of our life. Amen? Um, this guy Zacchaeus is an interesting dude. He got super, super rich. If you don't understand who he was, he was, he was like the regional tax collector. Do you know what I mean? So he's like the McDonald's franchisee owner, right, for a whole area. And the Romans were smart. They didn't just, they didn't collect their own taxes. They would franchise it to local people, right, so that the taxes were never paid to a Roman. You always paid taxes to your countrymen, right? So the Jews, various Jewish business people would buy a franchise for a region. So Zacchaeus owned the franchise for t collecting tax for the Romans in that region. And then the Romans had a system where they'd just say to Zacchaeus, we want this much money from that region, right? And then Zacchaeus would be like, sweet, I've got to pay the Romans X amount of money, right? So for me to manage my operation, I'm going to collect Y amount of money, right? This is algebra if you don't know what X and Y is, right? on account of the fact that I don't actually know how much money the Romans, the details are not important, right? The, the Romans would want so much money, right? And if the Romans wanted X amount of money and then anything that Zacchaeus collected that was more than that was just his profit, right? So he would come to his own next door neighbors, his cousins, his family, his extended family, right? Because it's a village culture in, in Israel at the time. In his region, and he was the guy ripping all the money out of the local economy, giving some of it to Caesar and keeping a bunch of it for himself. That's who he was. So he wasn't well-liked. He was the uncle not invited to the 21st, right? And then, not just that, he was the uncle not invited who would still turn up and make it awkward for everybody. Do you know what I mean? He was the uncle that, that your parents would say, well, don't, you know, don't talk to uncles here. You're not allowed to play with those cousins. You're not allowed to go to his house. We're not going to his wedding. When he's not invited to our weddings, right? He's Zacchaeus, right? So he was spurned by all of the people closest to him, even though he had all of this financial resource. So he'd surrendered his life to get what he thought he really needed, and he found himself empty. And in him a desire rises 
to see Jesus. I think that everybody wants to see Jesus. Uh, do you know, I think right now the thing you need is Jesus. Do you know what you don't need? You don't need more money. You don't need to the bank to come through with a loan. You don't need a promotion. You don't need your wife to stop being painful. You don't need your husband to stop being an idiot. What you need is Jesus. You actually need Jesus to step into the situations of your everyday life, to kick around in the dust of who you are. Hey, how you doing? I'm Jesus. I'm here to help solve problems. I'm here to help you grow. I'm here to help you move. That's what we need. We need Jesus. We need to stop our desires from fixating on the things we don't need and allow our desire, just like Zacchaeus, to focus on who's this Jesus guy who's walking past today. Amen? The problem for Zacchaeus it wasn't that he was too short. It said the Bible says he was too short, so I'm not, dis- I'm not disagreeing with the Bible. We never do that in church, right? We do that the rest of the time. <laughs> Anybody been a Christian for a while? That's what we do. We agree in church, right? It's easy to agree in church with the Bible, right? On Monday, it's hard to agree with the Bible. It's like, oh, man. See, the problem is Zacchaeus, he was too short to see over the crowd. I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how tall you are, you're too short. You're too short to see over your crowd. You know, if you're six foot tall, the crowd's six foot four. If you're six foot four, the crowd is seven feet tall. If you're five feet tall, the crowd is five and a half feet tall, right? Do you know the reality is not how big your challenge is. The reality is this, that your challenge is always just big enough to distract you from Jesus. It doesn't allow, you, you could compare with somebody else and think, I don't know why I'm finding it so hard. My life's not as difficult as Pastor Jordan's. He's clearly got issues, right? But the reality is this, I've got my challenges and they're all this tall and your challenges are exactly the same, just above what you can see. It's, the devil will send just enough into your life to distract you, to prevent you from seeing the reality of who Jesus is, to prevent you from seeing the wonder of who Jesus is. Also, do you know the devil puts challenges in a way to prevent you from just seeing how awesome Jesus is, how much he loves you, how ordinary he is, how real he is. I don't mean ordinary in a bad way, I mean ordinary in a, he's a normal person who loves us and wants to be part of our world. Do you know, with your, crowd, your crowd's full of worries. Worried about this and worried about that. We, we worry about money. We worry about our relationships. We worry about our kids. We worry about, we worry about our parenting. We worry about our job stuff, right? Worrying, 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 worrying. But it's like one of the New Testament commandments is to not worry. Do you know, if... if, if you know, the, the commandment, the, not the commandment, the instruction in Philippians is don't worry about anything, but in everything, present your prayers and requests to God with thanksgiving, right? Imagine, you know, I don't know what your approach is like. My approach to that not worry one is, is I'm a bit laxer on that one. Imagine if we approach the whole murder commandment with the same lackadaisical attitude. <laughs> you know, don't worry unless you really are worried, then it's okay, Right? What we do is we don't murder. Well, unless someone's really annoying, right? And then it's okay. So I don't know about you. I always excuse myself. I'm worrying away, worrying away. I just can't stop worrying. It's not my fault. Do you know, the Bible's really clear. Come on, let's pray. Let's get up a tree and let's get up something. Let's climb up something so that we can see Jesus. Come on, if you're a warrior today, I, I want to say, don't feel condemned. I'm not trying to condemn with what, my comparison to the commandment not to murder. Although if I was trying to make you feel condemned, that's how you do it. <laughs> the point is not to condemn. The point is to point out the fact that, hey, there's another way to live. We don't have to live in the crowd. You know, it doesn't, have you ever tried to fight a crowd? I, I have personally had a good fight with a crowd. 
You know, when you, you know uh, one of the things I like to do is, uh, when I was younger, I don't do it anymore because I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack when, it happen, when I do it now. I like to get into a really violent mosh pit. How do you like that? I thought we were in Christchurch, a lot of mongrels here, aren't there? <laughs> How many white people here, we love, to, we love to just fighting in mosh pits, right? If you can't dance, you do what I do. You just start a fight in a mosh pit. It's awesome. Yeah, I remember I, was, I went to MXPX in 1999. That was wicked at the power station, you know. I don't, it was, you know, there was a big story that someone jumped off the balcony in the power station recently. I'm like, that used to happen every Friday. I don't know why it's in the news. <laughs> uh, I was at MXPX in the power station, and we just, it was awesome, you know. Yeah, it's terrible when you have to go to a punk rock show straight from work, so you're still in your shirt and jacket, and you sweat it out in the mosh pit. But one of the things you love to do is, you know, when people are crowd surfing, one of the things I love to do is just is to rip someone's shoe off as they're crowd surfing and then throw it onto the stage. You wouldn't throw your own shoes because then you'll never see them again, but other people's shoes, it's funny, right? But I found people don't like it. You know, I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, they didn't see the fun of it. Bobby, they were perhaps a little bit too attached to material possessions. <laughs> I was at, we at, me and my brothers were at a delirious concert in London. Yeah, and it was all Christians. You know, Christians get really angry when stuff like this happens. Uh, and uh, yeah, but there's nothing like a good, uh, nothing like a good mosh pit like that where you're dancing, but really you're just fighting people who are angry that you stole their shoes. But the re- <laughs> you, my point is this. Hold on, hold on. Uh, my point is this. <laughs> it doesn't matter how strong you are, you can't fight through the crowd. You can't, you're not going to... F- you're not going to fight through your, you're not going to worry your worries away. You're not going to care your cares away. Do you know what? You're not going to anger your hurts away. Do you know what you do when you get angry about your hurts? You get more hurt. Do you know what happens when you worry about your worries? They get bigger. You worry more. Do you know what, what happens when you try and fight the pressure? Do you know what? I don't know about you, but it just makes things worse. It's not good for your blood pressure, right? When you start fighting against your worries. What we've got to do is exactly what Zacchaeus said. We've got to get up a tree. You've got to climb up a tree. You know, I, do you know what I love about being in a church service on a Sunday morning, gathering in the church, as the church? Because we all get to climb a tree. We all get to say, well, as we come through those doors or the other ones at the foyer, we come through those doors and all the cares and the worries, we can, at least for an hour and a half, we can leave them aside. And we get to see a, get a view of Jesus. We've got to run ahead and climb a tree. I love Zacchaeus. He ran ahead. He climbed a tree. He gave up. He gave up. By doing that, when you say, I'm just, I, don't, I know it's all going on, but I'm just going to worship. I know it's all going on, but I'm, I'm going to commit to my morning devotion. I know it's all going to go on, but I'm, I'm on the hosting team this morning. I'm just going to serve in the house of God. Uh, when you commit and you say, I know it's all going to go on, it's going on, but I'm, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm under a huge amount of pressure. I'm going to, I'm going to join the next mission trip I can. I'm going, to, I'm going to pursue the mission of God. I'm under a huge amount of pressure, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to discover my call. I'm going to discover the mountain God's called me to, and I'm going to pursue that, right? Because we lift ourselves. You know, Equipers Church, you know, you join and go along to an e-group. Come to church on a Sunday. Serve in an e-team. Go on to mission trips. Find out what your call and your mission is. What is that? That's, that's our tree. There's five branches. Grab one, step on that. Grab another one, step on that. Grab another one, step on that. Do you know e-group is supposed to lift you when you go there on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Serving in a team is supposed to lift you to a position where you see Jesus. 
We don't want people serving in church because we need people in red T-shirts or on the hosting team. We're in the, we need, we've got seven land yards. We need seven people. That's, that's not what we're doing. We don't need people to serve. People need to serve because there's one of the branches that you can grab a hold of. Your giving's the same thing. We don't need money, right? You need to give because that positions your heart. Ooh, it lifts you above the crowd, right? It pushes you. I, just about, I was about to show you what short looked like. But, there, <laughs> but do you get my point? Here's the thing. Did the tree save Zacchaeus? That's just a tree. This is just, this is just a building. We're just gathering together. We're just singing songs here, reading the stories from the Bible. Right? But it's enough, it lifts you to a position where you see the real thing. We get to see Jesus. Amen? Everyone say, climb a tree. Very good. I'm going really well here. Like, we're going to end up finishing early. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. So if we finish early, we just do silent reading until 11.30. Yeah, or you can work on your homework. <laughs> oh, yeah. What else? Oh, what else the teachers used to do when you finish early? Oh, you can work on your title page. <laughs> yeah, anyone want yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I used to be a school teacher. We did a lot of silent reading, title pages, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought this was going to be a long sermon, but anyway. Uh, when, when Jesus comes along, he's walking along, and I don't know why, he happens to notice there's a guy in the tree. I, I mean, I've read this story. Again, the, the flannel graph, you know, my auntie was the um, Sunday school teacher, right, the flannel graph. And the funny thing about the flannel graph stories I can remember from Sunday school is that there was always many people missing, right? So it, there, was always just, there was always Jesus, and then the same guy would play Zacchaeus, and then he would also be Peter, do you know what I mean? And, and he would also be Jonah. Uh, so there was Jesus and this one other male character in the flannel graph thing, right? So that one character, so often got confusing, right? You're like, why is Peter up the tree? You know, or why is Abraham up a tree? Uh, do you know what I mean? Or like, why, oh, that person, you know, that person was an angel in the previous story last week, and now there's a Zacchaeus up a tree, right? Uh, and there was always the same group of three sheep, always there. You know, the sheep were in Jericho because they need a better background, right? And I've always thought, well, of course Jesus noticed the guy up the tree. But I don't know. Do you know what? I don't think Zacchaeus would have been the only person up a tree. I just don't think so. Like we think, wow, that's weird. Why would you climb up a tree? But that's because you're tall. I'm a short, short I'm a medium height person. My, my wife, is, she's also tall, but she's five foot tall. And uh, <laughs> the, re- the reality is this. If there's a big crowd, there's people up a tree, right? It's, you know, maybe not in New Zealand because we're, we're all too shy to climb up a tree. But you go anywhere else in the world, if someone's famous is coming through town, the trees are going to be full of kids. There's going to be a bunch of people up a tree, right? There's going to be everyone's up a tree. Have a, look, have a look what's going on, right? I remember at, at Anzac Day, there's always people sitting up on the bus shelters in Wellington. You know what I mean? Like, they don't do that the rest of the time, but you got when, you, when it's time to see a view, like, there's always people do something stupid, and it sort of seems normal. I reckon Jesus walked along there, and there's a whole... Yeah, we're definitely finishing early. There would be a whole bunch of people up the tree. I guarantee it. There would have been kids up the tree, old ladies up the tree, there would be people with Zimmer frame up the tree. Now, the reality is the tree would be full of people. 
Guarantee it. Look at any photo of a big crowd from any time prior to when it was cool to just stand around being weird. Before, you know, in New Zealand, before it was cool to hold back, people used to climb trees. Do you know, the All Blacks used to fill, like they struggled to fill the Dunedin Stadium last night. They used to fill Eden Park on game day. No pre-sale tickets. Just everyone would just rock up because it was something was happening. When they declared, when World War I was declared or World War II, I think it might have been World War I, the Prime Minister at, at three o'clock in the afternoon, he said, let people know I'm going to make a public address from the steps of Parliament about the war situation at 5 p.m. 100,000 people on Parliament grounds. Why? Because back then, there's something, people were like, hey, let's, what's going on? Do you know, there are a whole bunch of people up the tree, but what did, what did Jesus actually see? He didn't just see, hey, there's another person up the tree. Did Jesus know who Zacchaeus was before this? Well, he's Jesus. He knew everything, right? But was, Jer- was Jesus coming through Jericho just by chance? Or was Jesus coming through Jericho thinking, oh, there's a guy up a tree. I need to find a guy up a tree. Looking for a particular guy up a particular tree in a particular city on a particular day. And do you know wherever you're at today, do you know what? Jesus walked in here and he's looking for a particular person up a particular tree on a particular day. And he just points at you and he says, Tico, come down from the tree. He looks at you, do you know what? Jesus looks at you and he says, your name, and he invites you into relationship. Come down, I've got to have lunch at your house. Come down from your tree, I've got to have lunch at your house. You've got to get up the tree to see Jesus, but once Jesus sees you, you can climb down from your tree. You can climb down from your serving, you can climb down from your pushing, you can climb down from your stretching out, you can climb down and just be with Jesus. And this morning, there's an opportunity right now for you to climb down from your tree and have lunch with Jesus. Do you know, Jesus is pretty powerful, right? Yes, the answer is yes, he is. Like, they talk about Peter walking towards, walking into the temple to pray and his shadow touching sick people and healing them. That's Peter, not Jesus. They talk about the apostles praying on handkerchiefs and sending the handkerchiefs away. And the handkerchief would get taken away to a sick person and the sick person would be healed. I love the stories of Charles Finney that when he was traveling around America during the Second Great Awakening, his, he'd be traveling on the train and his train would pull into the station at a town. People would fall over in the power of the Holy Spirit. People get healed all over town and his train would pull out to the next place. He wasn't even, he wasn't getting off the train. He didn't have a meeting there. Like. So, see, Jesus is powerful enough that he could have just walked into Jericho and Zacchaeus could have been transformed. Jesus is powerful enough that we could just be transformed in the worship or this morning or just as we arrive or we can be transformed in our quiet time or whatever. It, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't Jesus just walking past that transformed Zacchaeus and it wasn't Zacchaeus climbing the tree that transformed Zacchaeus. It wasn't even Zacchaeus seeing Jesus properly that transformed Zacchaeus. It was when Jesus went home to his house for lunch. And this morning there's a challenge in the air. I reckon as Christians... We do a, we mostly, I reckon we do a great job of running ahead and climbing a tree. 
Uh, this morning, I want to commend you. You're people of prayer. You're people of faith. You're a church full of energy and focus, right? But I think maybe there's a challenge as well. How good are you at going home for lunch with Jesus? What's that part of your relationship with Jesus look like? Well, I just love to serve Pastor Jordan. and I just love to pray. and I just love to read my Bible. That's awesome. But what about just quietly in the morning, make a cup of tea, look out the window for a bit and just say, Jesus, I'm glad that you're in my house having lunch with me. Do you know Jesus wants to come into your house? He doesn't want to just meet you up a tree somewhere. He wants to come into your world. He wants to come into your circumstances, your situations, your emotions, all of that space. Jesus wants to step into your life, and that's where we are transformed. Come on, the reality is in Him we live and we move and we have our being. God's desire is that we'd reach Him and that we'd find Him. But the reality is this, we have. We have got a hold of God. We have found God. And there's got to be a space in our life where we can sit down, maybe close our eyes. I've got a friend, he, he's a psychologist. He preaches in our church every now and then. He's a great leader in Clippers Wellington. But he claims to be no good at praying. He claims to not really know the Bible very well because he spent most of his life just studying psychology. But he says one thing he does understand is that each morning he might read a bit of the Bible, but he'll definitely sit in his favorite chair and just think about Jesus and allow Jesus to minister to him and minister where he's at. Amen. Come on, this morning, it doesn't matter what you're facing, what your challenges are. doesn't matter who the crowd is. If we can get up a tree like we are this morning and get a view of Jesus and then take him up on his offer, Come on, Zacchaeus. Come down out of your tree. Let's go and have lunch. Do you know any Zacchaeus is here wanting to climb down out of a tree? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.